Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. So welcome back to another week, and I'd like to start out today's episode by asking you a very simple question. What's going through your mind right now? Just take a second. Okay, so what what were the thoughts that you were aware of? And how would you describe that? Did you hear your thoughts you know, in your mind? Did you hear those thoughts? Well, I like to call this your inner talk. When you say something like, I'll never get that job. Now, that's going through your mind as a thought, right? But it's almost like you're hearing yourself, almost like, quite literally, you're talking to yourself. I'll never get that job. That's me talking in my mind. <laughs> I, I can't stop worrying about getting older. These are thoughts that roll through our mind, and it seems like we're talking to ourselves, or at least it does to me. And I feel that you are actually talking to yourself, not with your mouth, of course, but with your mind. So let's call it mind talk. And I'm sure that you have witnessed numerous times in your life that thoughts, the mind talk that you feel rolling through your mind can affect you emotionally. But in order for the thoughts that go through your mind, the mind talk, to affect you, two things must happen. First, you, a part of you, has to listen. And second, either you must accept or reject what you hear. Now, a part of you talks, a part of you listens, and this may seem very strange at first blush, learning to listen to what's going through your mind rather than just kind of being oblivious and just being reactive to your thoughts. But nevertheless, we're going to be focusing on mind talk. So let's let's dig into it a little bit more. If I were to say, I can't lose weight, it's just too hard and I'm such a weak guy. And then I start feeling bummed, a bit depressed. What's happened? Well, I listened to myself, told myself I was too weak. And more importantly, I accepted that thought. I could have chosen to passively listen to this thought. So if I do get bummed out, of course, that's because I passively listened and embrace that thought. I could have chosen instead to insist. Nonsense. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to get to the gym. I'm going to cut out those <laughs> fast food burgers. So by understanding this very simple concept, part of you talks and a part of you chooses to listen or not listen. That's the essence of where we're going today. So who in us battles us? I mean, you would think that our psyche would be enlisted to just help us out, make us feel good, find happiness, success. 
But as you know, if you've struggled, this isn't always the case. Oftentimes, there's a battle raging. And that's the part of you, I can't lose weight, I'm too weak. And at some point, the conscious mind may or may not come about and rescue you, insisting, nonsense, I can do this and I can do that, and choose not to be in bed with the destructive thinking, the destructive mind talk. So in order to understand how this actually happens, and in order to release yourself from struggles, you really need to understand what we'll call reflexive thinking, knee-jerk thinking. The thoughts that are somewhat less than conscious, or I should say more correctly, they, they are available to consciousness if we're looking, if we're paying attention. Because oftentimes the thoughts that create our moods, our feelings, our anxieties, our depressions, Oftentimes, we're not even paying attention to them. We just have the aftermath of being bummed out, being upset, being anxious. So reflexes and reflexive thinking can be destructive in the, in, in the sense that they can bum us out and get us upset and struggle, or they can be helpful, like tying your shoelace. Do you know the dexterity involved in that motor coordination? It took a long time for you as a child to learn that. What about dialing a familiar phone number where your fingers just jump from number to number? Do we still <laughs> have to stop a second. Do we still call it dialing? I bet for a lot of people, they don't realize what dialing a phone means. So <laughs> I'm not going to go into the whole thing where there was this dial wheel and you went to number nine and numbers. <laughs> but we still dial a phone number, right? And our fingers jump one to one to one. This is a reflex. And reflexes and habits, well, they don't require any attention, not once acquired. It took a while for your fingers to dial your best friend's number, and then finally once that person became your best friend and you started calling them every night, then, of course, now it just takes a second as your fingers seem to know where to go. And next time you tie your shoelace, take a look at the precision involved in that reflex. But then we have the negative reflexive habits. These are also knee-jerk. Once they are inculcated and habituated, well, this type of thinking can be downright antagonistic to a happy life, to a successful life. And as you know, if you've listened to my podcast, one particular type of reflexive thinking that I tend to really focus on is what I call child reflexive thinking, the child reflex. All right, let me hold up a second. I'm just want to throw out the fact that we're talking about voices in our mind that we're listening to, parts of you that listens or doesn't listen, and now your child reflex. You could feel maybe a bit fragmented by all this, but let me assure you, it's very normal to have different levels of consciousness. It's very normal to have thoughts that can penetrate into consciousness that were learned long ago, as opposed to conscious thoughts that occur in the moment, in the present. Well, let's, think, let's talk about consciousness. One way to think about consciousness, uh, if you've ever had a 35-millimeter camera with a manual focus, and I know these are dinosaurs these days, but if you have had 
any camera, it doesn't have to be a 35 millimeter camera, and it had a manual focus. And let's say you have your dog out in the yard, old Fido, and you want to take a picture of Fido. And so you turn the, the camera lens to focus, and you focus Fido. And there he is. Good old Fido. And in the background, it's just this blur, almost like a, a Monet painting of different colors. So you turn the, the wheel the opposite direction, and what do you get now? Well, Fido becomes blurry, and now the flowers just jump out, and they're in focus. It's the, what the Gestalt people call figure and ground. What we are focused on tends to dominate as other things that are defocused kind of recede. They could still influence us, but less so than our conscious focus. Now, what mind talk can do and teach you is that you could learn to stay focused on fight, not on Fido. You could learn to stay focused on what's healthy versus what's unhealthy. And that's primarily what we want to accomplish. We want to be able to turn that lens of consciousness and keep in focus those things that are truth, facts, versus emotional fictions. But let's talk a little bit more about this, this thing I call the child reflex. And the best way I can describe it is imagine, let's imagine that from the time you were born, you're being followed around 24-7 by a videographer. <laughs> Although I must, I must admit that that's probably happening right now with all of these iPhone cameras as these little tots go around being photographed constantly, but nevertheless. So you, you're, you're, you're this child growing up and you're being captured on video every second, every move you make. And now you grow up and you have a storeroom of all these videos. I guess if it's digital, it's still on your phone. But you have a whole lifetime of images. And you go back now and you start to review some of the video. And you might see yourself in one of the videos sulking in a corner, you know, feeling sorry for yourself because your turtle died or, or feeling angry with the universe because you weren't allowed to go out and play in the rain. Maybe you got sad because you felt no one loved you. And no matter how many times you watch these videos over and over and over, the child captured in those videos never changes. Same fears, same panic same doubts. And just as you were permanently recorded on video, these images that affected you are permanently recorded, not so recorded, but imprinted on your psyche. So we have a child reflex, which is the child perspective that has been imprinted slash recorded on your psyche. And it contains out-of-date perceptions perceptions that have followed you through your life. Now, in my book, Self-Coaching, the Powerful Program to Beat Anxiety and Depression, I talk about the child reflex and how destructive that can be in our present-day conscious mind. So, with Mind Talk and with today's podcast in particular, I want you to start becoming aware of the difference between your normal, healthy, mature thinking and that more primitive childlike quality that comes from the child reflex. Now, why? Because, very simply, what you listen to 
and what you choose to accept or reject matters. And the child reflex is the, the quintessential tripper-upper of why we struggle. And it can express itself in different ways. So in my book, I talk about the different types or the different ways the child reflex could express itself, which now I want you to kind of be aware of as you feel your stomach churning or your tension in your fingers and body and stomach and you start to get upset and you feel your blood pressure going up. Well, if you take a look inside and pay attention to your mind talk, well, maybe you might see a panicked child. You know, these are the, the chicken littles of the world. They believe that the sky is always falling, always anxious. Do you notice a panicked child within you, a panicked child reflex at times, a frightened child reflex, fearful, always worrying, the what-ifers of the world. Maybe at times you'll look inside and see a manipulative child reflex, always controlling, trying to manipulate. Something gets out of place, something is out of control, and you start to really go downhill because you need that perfection. You, you just need to be in charge. You can't have life throw you a curveball. You need the expected. Sometimes we see the bully child reflex, where you try to control through aggression. You need to bend people to your will. Sometimes we see an overwhelmed child reflex. And sometimes if you're particularly depressed, you might, see, you might sense a sulking child reflex. Woe is me. See what a pathetic wretch I am. Sometimes you might notice an impulsive child reflex. These would be the black and white thinkers. Impatient, need to be in control right now. Maybe you might come across a stubborn child reflex. Or maybe you might come across a helpless child reflex. Where you feel overly dependent. Where you cling to others, looking to be rescued. We call it the clinging vine. Just like a vine needs to cling to a post in order to stand. Sometimes we cling for support because of our insecurities, because of our child reflex. What about the hopeless child reflex? That's where you feel despair. Why bother? Nothing ever works for me. So you can see that these are various expressions of how the child reflex may speak to you if you're listening. And then whether or not you're allowing yourself to reflexively, and that's why I call it the reflex too, because it's like a knee jerk. If we do nothing and we are passive to the insecurity-driven child reflex, then of course, like Fido, when Fido was in focus, Fido gets defocused and we're focusing on now the background, all that old stuff, the primitive stuff from the past that has followed you through life and every once in a while percolates to the surface. And as it does so, if you are passive and if you are not attending to what's making you feel nervous or anxious or sad in the moment, then the child reflexes in focus. So next time you're feeling distraught, anxious, depressed, what's in focus? Once you see what's in focus, then the choice becomes a bit more apparent. Do I 
allow myself to be driven by the immature, distorted perceptions of the child? Or can I insist on a more healthy, mature perspective? Because again, the child reflex was laid down during early years, and there is a primitive quality to it. That's why I went through the list from the book, sulking child, impulsive child, stubborn child. There are primitive qualities. And if you listen to the voice, the mind talk of the child reflex, you can't help but notice that there is that childlike quality to the thoughts that you're having that precede the emotions. So get in touch. Next time, in particular, you're feeling down, depressed, anxious. See if you can spot the child reflex that's steering. And if the child reflex is steering, then you must be in the back seat. So it's time to focus on what's healthy. Choose to insist on a more appropriate response to life. Start dealing with facts, not emotional fictions. Yeah, we'll be challenged at times, obviously. And there is a normal degree of anxiety and depression by life circumstances that hammer us. But it's the neurotic perceptions that are the extrapolations of fear, doubt, and negativity that trip us up. So maybe we'll go a bit deeper in the near future on some of these concepts, but I think that mind talk, it's just a good way to phrase it, to kind of embrace it, just, just so you realize that the technique itself is really paying more attention. Thoughts seem to occur willy-nilly, spontaneously, and most of them do, and they are innocuous. But some thoughts that come from that child realm are not so innocuous, are not so helpful. But you do have a choice. And if you're sitting there listening to this podcast and you feel like, well, that's nice, but you know what? We don't control our thoughts. Well, we may not be able to control a thought from percolating into your mind, but you darn well can challenge that thought. You darn well can insist on not going down that road. Now, maybe you're going to have to really squeeze yourself to not be dragged into a what-ifing fear that you might have. What are the facts and what are the emotional fictions? Fight for the facts in your life. Fight to hold on to the reality and the maturity and the healthy thinking in life. And try to exclude the tendency to allow insecurity to grab that steering wheel. So until next week, I'd like you to visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you could take a look at my book I mentioned today, Self-Coaching, or some of my other books. But you could also learn a little bit about my philosophy and other various videos and whatever. <laughs> it's all there at the website. But uh, until next time, remember, being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's really not an option. By definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So why don't we just make it simple Believe together? In yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart.